Hello, I'm Tony Denmark, and I'm the lead pastor of Clearview Community Church, one church in four locations, serving the communities of the Georgian Triangle. And we, we take a time every year when we look back on everything that has happened and we look ahead to what is coming. We use it as a time of celebration and preparation. And we look at all that God has helped us to accomplish and we look forward to what's in store. Now, for those of you not familiar with us, we currently have campuses in Stainer, in Cremore, in Nottawa, and in Wasaga Beach. We offer programming to care for the spiritual, physical, and relational needs of all age groups. Our volunteers are active in all kinds of programs in our community. We want to serve, but that is not our primary purpose. You see, we believe that the greatest need in our world today is spiritual. And so, Clearview Community Church exists to help people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. But why? See, we believe that this flows clearly from the Great Commission given by Jesus in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. It says this, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, Jesus here is speaking to his inner circle, that group of men into whom he had poured his life over the previous three years. He was, in effect, handing over the responsibility to them of creating more disciples who would carry on in his steps. Now, as we read through the book of Acts and the rest of the New Testament, we see that this was a process of discovery and discipleship. Someone said it this way, there is no success without a successor. The disciples were the focus of Jesus' ministry for pretty much the entire three years of his active ministry. And I think that we need to remember just who it was that Jesus was working with. He was basically trying to teach rabbinical school dropouts how to lead people to God now, some of them probably would have been on the list of least likely to succeed. You had the fishermen, you had the tax collector, you had the rebel and the rest, peasants for the most part. Not exactly the ones you would choose to start a movement. Yet he chose them on purpose. He chose you on purpose. See, the disciples themselves had to learn to apply the teachings of Jesus to their own lives. For example, they had to wrestle with their own prejudices and defeat them as they learned to obey Jesus' mandate to make disciples of all nations and not just their own. This wasn't easy. It wasn't a straight line to where they were going. The process led them to clarify what it meant to be a Christ follower and not just a God-fearing Jew who had accepted Jesus as the Messiah. We, too, must wrestle with what it means to be a Christ follower in 2023 in Ontario, in Canada. See, here's what I've learned. Society has changed. When I began in ministry in the early 1980s, there were a few assumptions that I could make about most people who sat in the pews, because back then we had pews. Those assumptions were based upon the fact that, while already changing, Canadian society still was largely influenced by its Christian roots. So what were those assumptions that I could make? Well, I could assume that most people believed in the God of the Bible. 
I could assume that most people believe that Jesus was God's son. I could assume that most people believe that the Bible was the word of God. And I could assume that most people believe that the church was a force for good in the world. Now today, none of those assumptions hold true. The bottom line is that as a pastor, I need to understand that people have questions that deserve answers. Now here at Clearview, we do our best to help meet people where they are and answer their genuine questions. We believe there are good answers for them. And in spite of the fact that society has drastically changed, our goal is still the same. See, Jesus hasn't changed, and his commands have not expired. It simply means that we must be more creative and intentional if we intend to be effective. The good news is that when we look back at the New Testament, the Gentile world, as opposed to the Jewish one, into which the church was launched, better reflects our modern culture than the one in which I grew up. It is in this world, with all of its challenges, that we are called to make fully devoted followers of Jesus. Now, the New Testament provides a wonderful blueprint in order to do that. However, difficult choices must be made by leaders in the church. We have to decide who we are doing church for, or perhaps better, why are we doing church? Why are we here? If we don't ask this question, we end up doing church simply to please those who are already a part of it. So are we reaching people who don't know Jesus or simply preaching to the choir? What many do not understand is that every church targets their audience, whether knowingly or unknowingly. We would all say that we want to reach everyone. Of course we do. However, the methodology we choose, the language we use, the behavior we model, and the music we prefer all target an audience. Now, in the first days of the early church, that target audience was made up of religious Jews. In later days, we see the methods change as the target became Gentiles of various nations. In many churches today, the target audience is made up of churched Christians, people who have been raised in church and who are already following Jesus. Now, what this means on a practical level is that the non-Christian or the non-churched, if they came, would not understand what is going on in the church service. There are unspoken traditions or rituals that make them feel out of place. Now, here at CCC, we're trying to create an environment where all are welcome, regardless of where they might be on the spectrum. Now, in our case, this means that we strive to have a blended music style that fits with most mainstream tastes, while including a hymn that ministers to the heart of the believer. Christianese, or churchy language, is avoided in favor of language that believer and non-believer can both understand. Topics are designed to deal with the questions a non-Christian might ask, while also providing an application for the growing Christian. Now, none of this is easy. In fact, I would say that the most common tendency is to drift towards serving churched Christians every time. Now, here at Clearview, we unapologetically affirm that we exist to see people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. Regardless of where they are today, the goal is the same, to help them to surrender to Jesus and to follow him wherever he leads. Now, along with that vision statement, there are some core values that help us to remain steady in our commitment. First is this, we value God's word. 
Now, this shouldn't have to be said, but it does. We believe that the Bible, as originally given by God, is the inspired and inerrant Word of God to direct us in our daily lives. This is foundational to our vision. In order to understand what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus, we must have a thorough understanding of his word. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it speaks clearly to this. It says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So while we aim to be relevant in order to reach our culture, we will never do so at the expense of being faithful to the Word of God. The method may change, but the message will not. Secondly, we value Jesus-centered community. We will cultivate an environment where all people feel loved and valued and where genuine relationships can grow with the message of Jesus Christ at the center. We invite people, all people, to belong before they believe. We will deliberately be fuzzy at the edges, but remain rock solid in the middle. Our goal is to help people move from wherever they are into the core, to the center of the church. Now, the core consists of those people who have committed themselves to the process of becoming fully devoted followers of Jesus. They have experienced the life-changing power of Jesus. They're committed to his word and are endeavoring to be led and filled by the Spirit of God. They are contributors to the life of the church. They volunteer of their time, give of their treasure. They're involved in community and they share their faith. We want to see every person under our influence move towards Jesus. And we believe that this happens best in the context of community. So we encourage Christ followers to involve themselves in the life of their community, whether that's coaching or volunteering at a local school, joining a club or hosting a neighborhood barbecue. We want to model for the world around us what Christ-centered community looks like. We also understand, as Paul taught, that true discipleship is all about growth and reproduction. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, Paul said to Timothy, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Every true disciple is also a disciple maker. So a question to ask every person involved in the process is, Who are you learning from and who are you sharing that with? Our leaders are expected to identify and develop emerging leaders on an ongoing basis in order to continue to advance kingdom work. Another value is this. We value faith-filled forward thinking. See, we celebrate our past, but live for our future. We live with anticipation of greater things to come. We are thankful for our roots and the traditions of the past, but we also understand that methods that worked 100 50, or even 20 years ago, may not be effective today. We will not do things simply because we've always done it that way. We will continually look for better, more effective ways to reach people for Jesus. We will always evaluate those new methods through the lens of Scripture, but we will not be afraid to try new things. And we will do so because people are worth it. 
we believe that everybody is somebody for whom Christ died. Next, we value excellence. See, we do everything, or we try to, to the best of our abilities. Now, this does not mean that we are perfect. What it does mean is that we will not settle for good enough. We will take the time to improve ourselves, our knowledge, and our skill set. We will learn from those who are ahead of us and are doing it better than we are. We will commit ourselves to personal and professional growth in order to better lead the people God puts within our sphere of influence. We believe that this is a part of the command to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, wholly acceptable to God, which is our reasonable act of worship from Romans 12 and verse 1. It is also following the command to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind from Matthew 22 and verse 37. And finally, we value generosity. See, we are generous with our time, our talents, and our resources. We are contributors, not merely consumers. This is true individually and corporately. All that we are and all that we have is God's. We are merely stewards or managers of what he has given to us. Given that, it is unthinkable that we would not be generous. So we will look not just to our own, but we will meet needs around us and endeavor to manage God's resources to advance his kingdom and to enhance his reputation in the world around us. We will give generously to missions, recognizing that this is a part of fulfilling the mandate of Jesus to go into all the world. We recognize that what Jesus said is true. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And we know that we can never outgive God. So we will therefore hold our resources loosely with open hands and freely release them when God asks us to. As leaders, God has called us to lead like Jesus, servant leadership. As Jesus modeled for us, we are called to give of ourselves and put others' needs ahead of our own. So we will not ask anyone to do what we would not be willing to do ourselves. Indeed, when the need arises, we as leaders will roll up our sleeves and work alongside of those we have been called to serve. Now, Ephesians 4 teaches the biblical model of leadership and lay ministry, that God has given to the church gifted people to help to equip others to do the work of the ministry. That belongs to all of us. So when the church is working properly, everyone is operating according to their gifts in order to serve one another and to reach a world in need of Jesus. We want to see people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. So what about you? Where do you see yourself? Are you on the fringes of church life still having questions? Well, that's great. We're glad you have them, but please ask them. We want you here, and we'd love to have a dialogue with you, so please reach out. Are you convinced? But maybe you haven't found your place yet. May I say this, we need you. There is much to do, and many hands make light work. Or are you one of those who would say that you believe in Jesus, but you haven't allowed him to be in charge of your life? Well, that's what lordship means. Let me tell you, praying that prayer of surrender to Jesus is the best move you could ever make. Or have you already sold out and bought in? If you have, thank you for all that you do to make a difference. Let's move forward in faith that there are even better days ahead. Would you 
pray with me today. Dear Jesus, we thank you for your promise that you would build your church. As your people, we want to acknowledge that this is all yours. Please help us to allow you to do what you want with it. I pray for those who have not fully surrendered to you today, that they would make this day the day of a new beginning. Help us to follow you and love you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. May you embrace the future with eyes of faith, trusting in the God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening. God bless you.